Oh, good morning, Calvary. How you guys doing? You guys good? Man, I love this church, and I love your pastor. Aren't you guys thankful for Pastor Otis and their entire family? They are just the real deal through and through. And, you know, even just being here, I just uh, feel so knit together with you guys. Our hearts are with you uh, a thousand percent. Even just being here, the presence of the Lord in this room. And just seeing the work of the Lord in everyone's life. I love it. And one thing I want to honor about Pastor Otis is um, he's right up front and center going after God. And how many know what starts at the head flows down? And he's, his heart after God and his heart for souls is just so amazing. And uh, it's an honor just to have his voice in uh, my family's life. So we, we love them so much, love their entire family. We love having Mackenzie with us uh, up at the ramp, and she's just such a blessing there. And uh, man, I'm, I'm just so happy to be here with you guys this morning. I have a word from the Lord, uh, and man, I just saw... Even just here, uh, driving here to some really strange sights here in Florida, some really weird stuff. I saw these people with like these, uh, like is outer, like thick, they're kind of like t-shirts but not, like these thick things that come, you know what I'm talking about? Kind of like, I think jackets <laughs> that are kind of uncommon here in Florida, like the stores don't sell them, you know. Uh, what is it, the Bales outlet that is like, it's like the main store in Florida, you know, like. You know, and then like also uh, Floridians discovered these things that like fully cover your feet. Well, first there's like all this, also this like thin garment that goes over first. And then something you put your foot on. Yeah, see, she doesn't even know. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the, the primary uh, mode of, of, of footwear on here is sandals. But since this cold apocalyptic weather came in... <laughs> Everyone's kind of like, what do I, what is this, you know? So I was like, man, because it was, it was like 70s the other day. So we, we drove down, it was like super cold in North Alabama. And then we come down here and it's like 70 something degrees. So, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's freezing cold. It's just so wild. I just want to be like, Florida, I rebuke the devil. This is not who you were called to be. This is not your identity. You are the sunshine state. You are not some lame state like Michigan. You are the sun. People don't move here to be cold. All my retirees said, amen. I didn't move here to freeze. I didn't even bring a jacket, you know. It's like when retirees move down here, they're like burn their jackets and they're like, good riddance. I will never see you again. But unfortunately, something weird happened. The end is nigh in Jesus' name. When it's cold in Florida, the end is nigh. Um, but man, I, I just love being here. We've, we've been in town for a couple days. And, you know, my, my wife and I, we took our family to Disney yesterday. Amen. And so we had a three-year-old. She'll be four in March and a one-and-a-half-year-old. So they're still exhausted from that. Praise the Lord, because we have almost a 10-hour drive on the way home. So Lord willing, a spirit of slumber will come over them, and they'll sleep the entire way. Y'all agree with me for that? Oh, yes, God. Or we could just give them Benadryl, but that's frowned upon. 
Don't call DHR on me. I'm not going to do that. Don't call DHR on me. This pastor's given his family Benadryl. No, we're not going to do that. Um, man, it's such an honor to be with you guys. Let, let, let's just start just uh, in prayer and just loving on Jesus. Lord, we bless you. Lord, I thank you for a church that loves the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, even as Pastor Artis prayed this morning. Holy Spirit, you are our honored guest. Everything we do and say this morning comes from you. It's not, but I pray that this morning would not be, uh, you know, human talk, but it'd be a spirit of power this morning in Jesus' name. The kingdom of heaven is not talk, but power. Lord, and I pray that today, Holy Spirit, anoint these words, anoint this message. Let there be life transformation that takes place. And Lord, I, I just say, I have no script for this morning. I have no um, plan. Lord, you are the plan. So interrupt and do only what you can do. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen, amen. amen. I, I want to share a little bit of a different word this morning, because I, even praying, getting ready for this weekend, I'm just saying, Lord, you know, what's on your heart? What should I share? And I had a few very significant words God has given me, um, you know, uh, even just some very interesting things that we walked through coming through 2017, uh, that really God is implanted in my heart. Uh, and so I was just praying, Lord, do you want me to go that direction? Do you want me to do this direction? And, and I felt the Lord just say, throw that completely out and, and, uh, and just share what I've been doing in your heart. Share what, the things I've been changing and transforming. And I heard someone say this the other day. They said, um, an advice for preachers, when you go to preach, um, if you preach from your weakness, you'll never run out of uh, content. <laughs> you know? So I just want to share my heart this morning of even how God has been dealing with me and working in my heart to transform and change some things. And really some of the encounters I've had from this has changed really the trajectory of my life and especially 2018. So, um, I, I, and I'm even, I feel it's very significant. I'm here as you guys start a seven day fast. I, I feel something about today. God, I think oftentimes we, 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 we want to wait or, or, and it happens a lot of times, but we believe, you know, well, the, something's going to be, going to take place at the end of the fast. I'm just believing that something at the beginning of the fast is going to take place that's going to really launch you throughout the entire week, stir you through the entire week, no matter what your fast looks like. And, and I feel today God's wanting to take us uh, from, even in this fast, even in, the walk, in our walk with the Lord, He's moving us from obligation to offering. Wow. He's moving us from walking in obligation to walking as an offering. And before I move into some of the, uh, the, like the meat of the word, I kind of want to set it up with um, just even just this foundational scripture to share with you. Joshua 3, 5 says this, Consecrate yourselves today, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Now, when we talk about consecration, sometimes we can view that as a topic that is primarily preached at youth conferences and in the youth group, you know, consecrate, you know, throw out your bad CDs and clean up your Netflix and break up with that boy or that girl who's bringing you down. You know, all these different things of like consecrations for the new believer. You once were in the world. Now you need to set yourself apart from the world. Consecration simply means to be set 
apart. You know, it's kind of like an elementary facet of Christianity. But can I tell you, we never outgrow consecration. No matter how seasoned we get in Christianity, consecration always needs to be imprinted on our heart. We always need to have the desire within us to be fully consecrated and fully given to the Lord. And this is what Holy Spirit is saying to us, that if we consecrate ourselves today, we are sowing seeds in tomorrow. That when we consecrate in this right now moment, in today on this Sunday, and then for the next seven days, we will see wonders tomorrow. And what you are doing, church, is as you are saying yes to the Lord in a fresh way, I believe it could be days down the road, weeks, months down the road, you're going to begin to step into something that you sowed into this week. And... And Pastor Otis, I felt this so strong this morning, and I felt now to release it. I just saying, Lord, when, when's a good time? I actually felt it when I was here with Chosen last time, um, and then this morning, God just brought it back because it was such a strong word. I wanted to pray in and lean into it, and just even just didn't feel the 100% right moment for it, but I feel it for this time. Um, I saw the Lord when, when I was here last time with Chosen. I saw the finger of God searching through the state of Florida. And then I saw it rest on Inverness in Citrus County. I literally saw it. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit. I saw it searching through Florida. And I saw it rest on Inverness and Citrus County. And even as I was walking in this morning, what brought it up was I walked in. And instantly I had all these feelings hit me from when I was at Brownsville. I used to youth pastor there. I I lived in Pensacola, Florida. At Brownsville, some of God for four years. That's where God really poured out his spirit in a mighty way that has impacted the ends of the earth. I'm always meeting people who were impacted from the Brownsville revival. I mean, I don't even know the exact number. Hundreds of thousands of people came through the doors, radically transformed by the power of God. People getting saved to the point where um, I'd, I'd hear stories of, you know, prostitutes getting in taxi cabs saying, take me to the wildest party in town. And the taxi, taxi driver would say, all right, let's go. So he'd drive and pull up to the front doors of the church and says, this is the wildest place in town. The prostitute walks inside, encounters Jesus, gets baptized, forever transformed. Story after story after story. And when I walked in, I heard the Lord say, the rumblings of Brownsville. The rumblings of Brownsville. And I I feel that the Lord has found a place and he's found a people. He's found a place and he's found a people that's sensitive to the move of God and the love of the Holy Spirit. And I feel, man... Out of these seven weeks, you guys are going to step into a new place that's so special. You've never been before. You've never imagined before. You've never dreamed before. It's going to start from the children, go all the way through the youth, all the way up in here. There's just going to be a kiss of God on this house, a move of the Spirit in this house. And what you guys are sowing in these next seven days, you're going to see wonders tomorrow. You're going to see signs, wonders, miracles, souls being saved, families restored, prodigal sons and daughters coming home, deliverance is taking place, healings taking place. You're going to step into something that as you set apart these next seven days, something major is going to happen. And 
as you are stepping into this, I, I really believe you have to change the way you think about this fast from it just simply being an obligation, but an offering. An offering unto the Lord. Now in a minute, I'm going to take down the, the similarities and the major differences between an obligations and offerings. Because though they might look the same, though the action might be the same in reality, if the core heart is not there, what should be an offering of the Lord could very easily just become an ob- obligation ritual. So let me kind of set this up with, with something that the Lord done in my life. Um, it was on December 31st, we were um, uh, in our, we did two winter ramps this year, which we've never done before. So we did one with seven services. Then we had, uh, that, that went into the new year. So it ended uh, midnight on New Year's Eve. So we're just going after God, Holy Ghost, fire tunnel, slain in the spirit, Pentecostal fun. You know what I'm saying? Like we're just going for it, going to town. Right in the new year. So, I mean, there's no better way to bring in the new year except for getting laid out in the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, we're just going for it. It's New Year's Eve. And um, it's the service. It's, it's literally the worship leading into that last service. And I'm just, I'm just you know, seeking the Lord. I'm pressing to the Lord. And, uh, you know, on uh, New Year's Eve, the main question is for every Christian Lord. What are you saying about 2018? Like, what's the vision for next year? And so, like, what are you placing in my heart for this next year? So I'm, I'm leaning into that. I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, like, what, where are you wanting me to go? Like, what countries? You know, like, Lord, do you want us to do a, 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 you know, God's been laying some things on my heart for India and Sri Lanka. And the Middle East is just erupting in me and just Muslims coming to Christ. And I'm just like, Lord, like, what? should next year look like? Like, what are you playing? Like, what, what should I do? Because I want to shift gears tomorrow and fully dive into it. Uh, and so I'm praying in that, and the Lord just says, Jacob, do you want a vision for 2018? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. And he said, Jacob, sit at my feet. Completely not what I was expecting. I was, I was, you know, I thought he was going to say like, Go carry a revival to Nepal and book the tickets and go and ride a camel into the mountains with a speaker on your back preaching the gospel. Like, that sounds fun. Like, let's, like, <laughs> you know, sit at my feet. And immediately the Lord took me to the story in Luke chapter 10 verse 38 he took me the story of Mary and Martha you, you're very familiar with the story Mary and Martha this is what it says there as Jesus and his disciples were on their way he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Verse 41, Martha, Martha. Listen, when the Lord says your name twice, (laughs) you're about to get in trouble. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. 
Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. In that moment, I knew that somewhere in my walk with the Lord, I had transitioned from being a Mary who delighted in sitting at the feet of Jesus to being a distracted Martha, overwhelmed, distracted, and on the verge of burnout. Here's the deal. This is what you got to think about. This is what you got to realize about Martha. Martha had good intentions. She, she's the one that the text describes as opening her home to Jesus. So she is the one that said, Jesus, come in my home. I want you here come in my home. But don't you know that you can be in the presence of Jesus and not have an encounter with Jesus? Many people in the Bible were in the presence of Jesus but did not have an encounter with Jesus. The, the story of the woman with the issue of blood, many people bumped into Jesus but didn't get healed. But she touched the hem of his garment and was healed. So just because you can get in the presence of Jesus doesn't mean necessarily anything's going to move or happen. She was heavy. She was distracted. She was stressed out. She was the older sibling. You can tell from the text she's obviously the older one. Any younger siblings in the house right now? Where are my older siblings? You older siblings are a different breed. I'm a younger. You older siblings. It's like, y'all, y'all just a different breed of human. You know, my wife is an older sibling that married a younger sibling. So, yeah, she had to work through some stuff. More, she's listening right now. She's in the room with our baby right now. More or less, I had to work through some stuff, but... You know, it's, it's that whole feeling of, here I am, serving my brains out. I'm dripping sweat. And Mary, who we split rent, by the way, you know what I'm saying? It's like, this is her house too. She knows how to cook. She has legs. She can clean. She knows where the Lysol is. And yet she's in there getting messed up by the Lord. Well, I'm trying to make everything happen. She got so overwhelmed in her assignment, she forgot about her purpose. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Listen, your assignment and purpose, though they go hand in hand, are actually two very different things. Your assignment is what you do for the Lord, but your purpose is who you are in the Lord. Right. Your purpose. God didn't die on the cross so he could just have you do stuff for him. He died on the cross because he loves you. Because he wants to be with you. Listen, when you got married, you weren't like, man, I could, you know, two incomes are better than one. So if we get married, that means we'll have double income. So, hey, more money. Um, We can split rent. You know what I'm saying? Um, You know, I'm a bad cook. They're a better cook. So, you know, I hate grocery shopping. You know, you didn't get married by what you could benefit by them doing for you. You got married because you loved them. Same way in our relationship with the Lord. He didn't die on the cross for me just to make me a minister. And I think that's one of the biggest hurdles I've had to get over. Him saying, Jacob, you can never preach again and just work at Best Buy and I'm still going to delight in you. My, I was created to sit at the feet of Jesus. That's who I was called to be. Because here's the deal. I can be the greatest minister on the world and still miss it. You know what one of the scariest scriptures is in the Bible? It's so scary. It freaks me out. Many will come to me on that day. This is what it says. Many will come to me on that day. 
say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Amen. Prophecy. Cast out demons in your name. Casting out demons like Norval Hayes going for it. Revival meeting in Africa. You know, causing witch doctors to scream and fall on the ground. They get like, yeah, it's huge, you know. Perform many miracles in my name. People stand up out of wheelchairs. People blind eyes being open. Deaf ears popping open. So, yeah, we, did we not perform any miracles? Cast out demons. Prophesy in your name. It says this. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. For I never what? Knew you. There's the core. There's the core. Not depart from me for you didn't do a good enough job serving me. Depart from me. For I, I just don't know you. At some point, you stopped sitting at my feet and you just started being a volunteer. I mean, I could pack out the biggest stadiums in the world, write the most books, have my own television show, have an own energy drink named after me, Pastor Jacob's Holy Ghost Juice, something like that. And I can do all of that. I can do all of it. And stand before the Lord and Him be like, listen, we haven't talked for years. I know when you pray, you're actually only praying just so you can be a good preacher. And when you read the Bible, you're only reading so you can get a good sermon. I never, that, that scares me so bad. And I, I, and I even found myself, last year was a phenomenal year. God moved, I mean, just some great things. I was, you know, busier than ever before in my entire life. I was, had the honor and privilege of traveling all over the world, preach the gospel. India twice, Sri Lanka, UK twice, Germany. Um, not only that, but traveling here in the States, preaching, ministering the gospel. And I'm afraid to say up in that point, at some point, I transitioned from being a Mary to a Martha. I found myself getting tired and overwhelmed and, and just saying, Lord, I just, I just need help. I missed who I was really called to be by trying to do what I, felt, what I was called to do. And if in that place... What we do for the Lord, our time with Him, our fasting, our prayer, our Bible reading can become an obligation rather than an offering. Now, when I say obligation rather than offering, what do I I mean by that? There's a major difference between the two, even though sometimes they look the same. Like, think about it like this. An obligation, I was raised to view an obligation as something that you do even if you don't want to do it. Is something you do even if you don't want to do it. So like cutting grass is what? An obligation. Unless you're just one of those strange people who like you walk into Lowe's and you're like, oh, they have fertilizer on sale. <laughs> do you see this grass seed? It's like Bermuda grass seed. You're like, oh. you know, which Florida got, you have the best lawns ever. It's true. Just, just face up to it. You do. Like some of these communities I drive through here, I just want to like go. If you find me in your yard laying down, just making grass angels. I just, y'all have the perfect lawns ever, okay? Some people are just giddy about it. I am not. You know what I'm saying? They like fire up their John Deere. They're like, this is the greatest noise in the world. I'm out there like sweating. Like, you know, trying to do as fast as I can. Weed eating, getting hit by rock, you know. Like, it's an, but I know I have to do it. If not, my wife's going to choke me out. And our yard's going to look terrible and my kids are going to get lost in the high grass. You know what I'm saying? 
I, it's something that I know I need to do, even if I don't want to do it. You know, if you have a friend who asks you to move, like, hey, man, listen, I'm moving this, this Saturday. Can I use some help? Um, you know, they ask you on Monday. And you're like, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, let's do it. When Saturday rolls around, it's about Friday night at about 9 o'clock, you get a text. Hey, man, looking forward to moving tomorrow at 7.30 a.m. And you're like, oh, because here's the deal. Moving is probably, it's a result of the fall of Adam. It's terrible. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing more stressful than a move. You got boxes everywhere. You're packing everything up. Everything's heavy. You're finding stuff you didn't even know you had. I'm all about buying cheap furniture. You know why cheap furniture is lighter? Can I get a witness? I, listen, I ain't got time for that wooden stuff. Like what? This is wood and not particle board? Are you kidding me? Why do we have this? And you're, ugh, you know. It's just not fun at all. But you said you're going to do it, and you don't want to be lame. You don't want to be that guy that backs out, so you do it. That's an obligation. But how oftentimes have we found in our walk with the Lord, us using language like this? Oh, man, I have to spend time with the Lord today. When, since when did spending time with the Lord become a have to and not a want to? Or a get to? Think about that. When... We get to the place where we refer to reading our Bible, spending time with Jesus, fasting as, oh, I have to spend time with the Lord. If not, I'm gonna, my life's going to fall apart. You know, I'm going <laughs> to fall back into sin and go to hell. No, no. I get to spend time with Jesus. I get to connect with him in the place of prayer through the blood of Jesus that tore the wall of separation between a a sinner who is bound by sin. Now, by the blood of Jesus, I can approach boldly into the throne room of grace. I don't have to spend time with the Lord. I get to. I get to spend time with the Lord. We don't have to go to church. We get to. Think about that. Come on, you used to be bound by sin. You used to be bound by addictions. You didn't know if your marriage was going to make it or not. You didn't know if your kids were going to come back home. But look, God's brought you in here. He's cleaned you up. He's pulled you out of the miry clay and set you upon a solid foundation. Listen, church, we get to do this stuff. Man, people say Christianity is boring all the time. I'm like, I don't think we're talking about the same religion. You know what I'm saying? Because you ain't just born. I'd just rather drink beer this weekend. I'm like, you hear what you just said? You'd rather sit at home and drink Natty Light, which is terrible. Beer just tastes bad. Don't let anybody lie to you. You know, it tastes bad. People used to be like, man, I just like the way beer tastes. I'm like, are we talking about the same thing? Are you talking about root beer? Root beer is pretty good. But beer, that stuff tastes terrible. Like, there ain't nothing good about it. Well, you know, I'd rather just go around some bars and drink and burn, 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 burn. You know what I'm saying? And you wake up the next morning, you spend $250 on drinks that are this big. You're hungover, thrown up in a toilet. You got dents all over your car for being an idiot driving home drunk. And you're, you know, that's more exciting than raising the dead, casting out demons, praying and seeing nations shaken. Having the gospel of Jesus Christ see people cross over from darkness to light. That's more exciting than what we get to do. Oh man, we are so blessed church. Oh come on, is anybody grateful for the blood of Jesus right now? 
we get to do this. And think about it. We get to have a free open door to the God of the universe whenever we want to. It never has to stop. Think about it like this. If you were, you know, someone were to say, tomorrow morning, 5.30 a.m., you have a meeting with President Trump at Dunkin' Donuts. Because you know he probably likes Dunkin' Donuts. I would assume. I would assume he's a Dunkin' guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you get, you're going to get to go sit down with President Trump, talk to him, and literally he's going to hear your voice and change things that need to be changed. <laughs> Would, would we be like, oh, that Trump guy wanting to meet with me tomorrow, says he wants to change a bunch of stuff, but wants my input. I just don't think I'm going to do it. Or you know what? I think I might just stay up really late tonight and watch Netflix <laughs> and just kind of like, you know, I'll see how I feel. And then the alarm goes off at five and you're just like, you turn off the alarm. You're like, ah, oh, forget it. No, no, no. You'd be there at 5 a.m. in a full suit, decked out, you know? Why? Because you have an appointment with someone extremely important. How much more the God of the universe? How much more we get to come into his presence? In his presence is what? Fullness of joy. We get to go into his presence and encounter him. We've got to stop looking at it as an obligation and start looking at an offering. Listen to what Romans 12:1 says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service. One translation says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, in view of God's mercy. When you think about the mercy that God's shown on you, Allow that cause you to be an offering. Because here's the deal. Offering also causes sacrifice. Like your fast this week is going to cause sacrifice. It's not going to be easy. But guess what? It's coming from a heart of offering and not obligation. It's coming from a heart of gratitude and love rather than a heart of grudgingly obligation. <laughs> and I feel this. And we're just going to go ahead and come on up. Even getting ready and being prayer for you guys, I just kept on hearing the scripture from David wrote in the Psalms when he said this, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Don't you love that? How many of you guys remember walking into a church years ago, being broken, you know, someone might have invited you, you came into the church, you kind of sat in the back with your hands in your pocket the whole time. The preacher starts preaching and all of a sudden you start feeling your heart beat out of your chest. You start feeling the love of Jesus start drawing you. You come to an altar and in a moment everything changes. Every sin is wiped away. Every chain is broken. Every bondage is broken. You're flooded with joy and peace. And from that moment on, everything's transformed. You go home, nobody's even got to tell you to do it. You go home, you start throwing out those DVDs. You start throwing out those magazines. You start break, you break off that relationship because it's bringing you down. You find yourself, somebody gives you your first Bible. You, nobody even has to tell you to start reading. You just start reading it. Forget the TV, I want this. You know what I'm saying? You're like... Oh, man, I want to read this word. You don't even know what you're reading. 
You're like in Leviticus. You've been saved 30 minutes. You're like Leviticus. Speak to me, God, through Leviticus. Lord, I repent for boiling a young goat in its mother's milk. Have mercy on me. You don't even know what it's talking about. You're studying like leprous sores. You're like, God, I don't know what this means, but yes, I agree. You know, you're just reading it. You don't know, but you begin to see as you begin to eat this word. You don't even know what it means. It just starts transforming you. How many of you know you don't even, you don't need to know what all the vitamins do when you take them. You just take them and it does its work. That's what the Bible does. It's just good. Start eating it, it just starts changing your body. It just starts changing your life. You, you got a glow about you. You're walking into work and people saying, what's different about you? And you're saying, oh, I got Jesus. Oh, I'm transformed. You used to be known as the one who was drinking, smoking, cussing, getting into fights on the weekend. Now you're the nicest guy there. They don't know what to do with you. You, you, you find yourself just wanting to be in church at all times. You're, you know, you, you see a random sign, revival. Thursday night, 2 o'clock. You don't even know what, what's going on. You're showing up random tent revivals. You're buying people's CDs. You're buying people's tape cassettes. You're just wanting all of God you can get. You, you remember getting those first worship CDs or cassettes or A-tracks or vinyls, you know? Like, coming home with some good old Gaither family. Weeping in the presence of Jesus. You don't even know what they're talking about. And you're just like, yes. You remember being in your prayer closet. You, 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 just, you just read in Matthew 6. When you pray, go into your closets. You're like, hey, I got a closet. You're like kneeling on high heel shoes and clothes. And just pushing everything out of the way. Just because you're just so hungry for Jesus. It wasn't an obligation, church. It was an offering. You heard the pastor start talking about fasting. So you're saying, hey. I'll do it. Yeah. Jesus said something about fasting. I'll just, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll fast whatever. Why? Because it was no longer an obligation. It was an offering. And I feel the Lord's wanting to restore that childlike joy in our relationship with Him. Where we just say, man, I don't, Lord, I, I, I don't care what you ask me to give up. I just, I just love you. In view of your mercy, I'll do whatever. In view of your mercy, I'll give whatever, I'll do whatever, I'll pray whatever, I'll fast whatever, I'll wake up early, I'll go to bed late. I don't care what it looks like, Lord. I just want your presence. Because what happens, listen, only offerings in the Bible is when fire came down on them. In Leviticus, it talks about how they would set fire to the offering. It would be a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. A sweet-smelling aroma would literally ascend to heaven and hit the nostrils of God. Because it was an offering, not giving grudgingly, but giving with joy. So let's stand all over the room. I'm going to pray this morning, and I just want to pray over you. And I feel the Lord's wanting to launch you into these next seven days with fresh fire, fresh joy, fresh peace, That even this next few days on this fast is going to be glorious for you. I believe that. I believe you're going to hear God like never before. You're going to be more sensitive to the Spirit like never before. You're going to feel Him like never before. Thank you, Lord. If you want that and you say, you know what? I want fresh joy in my walk. I want God to restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I want you to come to the altar just lift both hands in the air. I'm going to pray over you. If you want fresh fire to hit your offering today, come on, let's believe God to hit the offering right now. Right now, 
Let's believe, God, that you carry into this fast, fresh fire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we declare right now, fresh joy hits your church. Oh, the joy of the Lord. Right now. Right now. I just declare right now, the, the anointing right now in this room destroys yokes of heaviness, yokes of depression. Listen, depression is not welcome in the Christian's life at all. It thrives, depression thrives off of religion. But in the presence and relationship with Christ, in the presence of the joyful one, it is destroyed. I just break heaviness off of you right now. I break anxiety off of you right now. And I just release fresh joy. Lord, we declare we don't want anything to do. Uh, we don't want anything that we do to be an obligation. We want it to be an offering. We want it to be an offering, Lord. We want to walk on fire. We want our fast to be on fire. Lord, we want it to be a sweet-smelling aroma to you. God, when we read our Bible, we want it to be a sweet-smelling aroma. When we pray, we want it to be a sweet-smelling aroma. When we worship, we want it to be a sweet-smelling aroma. God, when we are at work, we want it to be a sweet-smelling aroma. Lord, we want to burn for you as offerings on an altar. In Jesus' name, God, restore to us the joy of your salvation. There's even just that, even as Jesus said, a first love, first works being restored to you. Where it's just a pleasure. It's just a pleasure to pray and to seek God and to tarry and just to sit at his feet. Lord, I thank you that we're transitioning from being Martha's to Mary. To sit at your feet and just listen. When is the last time you just sat at his feet? You didn't ask him for anything. You just sat at his feet and just listened to him. Lord, I thank you that you're calling us back to the place of your feet. In Jesus' name.